Welcome back to another episode of the Project Warman podcast, where I, Connor Warman, have meaningful, fun, and hopefully interesting conversations with people involved in the world of CrossFit and fitness. My guest today is Jenna from Fit to Function Recovery. Jenna is a medical speech language pathologist and certified brain injury specialist. She's a CrossFit Level 2 and adaptive and inclusive trainer who specializes in acute neuro and neuro recovery. She runs a neuroadaptive fitness program, Fit to Function, targeting blended functional fitness and cognitive communication rehabilitation out of Invictus, Boston, where she coaches and serves as the adaptive, adaptive program director. Jenna is also the director of content development and a part of the seminar staff for the Adaptive Training Academy. I had a really cool conversation with Jenna, and I really hope that you guys enjoy it. Thank you for listening, and have a great day. All right, Jenna, how's it going today? Good. How are you, Connor? Doing well. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. The dog, lock, the dog ran out the, the door, out, so yeah. I figured I'd lock her, lock him out while I could. <laughs> yeah. How's things? How are things going today? How's the week? Not bad. You know, it's busy. Um, I'm on the seminar staff for the Adaptive Training Academy, and we had a seminar last weekend, and we have one next weekend. So it's like the week is busy in between mm-hmm. weekend travel. But oh, sweet. Is that that's a, how we, that's is how that we a new thing? Uh, being on staff with them? Yeah. Yeah. I came on staff. I've been working with them on kind of the revision of the their seminar, which has always been one day, and now it's two. Um, so I've kind of been working on – the, that as a project for months, but we just started with the live seminars again. So really just in the past month, started teaching in person for it. Sweet. So. And do you travel like all around for that? Yeah, we were in Orlando earlier this month and we were in Columbus last weekend and we're going to Austin the weekend after next and then we'll be in Delaware in June. Oh, nice. Yeah. And is that like for yeah. all adaptive type of athletes or specifically people in specific like yeah, the the seminar we sort of like compare it to your level one, right? It's sort of like your your basics of all things adaptive. So you get training on how to work with every adaptive group: upper and par- extremity impairment, lower extremity, seated, neuro, intellectual, and sensory. Um, and it's for trainers, but also folks involved in the medical field, like PTs and OTs and recreation therapists and PE teachers. And it's really, it's not a prerequisite that you're a CrossFit. It's not really a CrossFit um, background, though we very much teach it from the functional fitness ways. Um, But it's really open to anyone who just wants to learn how to work with adaptive athletes. Mm. And yeah, how long have you been involved in that? Like, where did that all start? So the, with the Adaptive Training Academy itself, um, I mean, I've been certified as a trainer for over a year um, with them. And one of the things that I identified with going through the training there was that they didn't have anyone doing a neuro focus, which is my area of expertise. And as sort of adaptive fitness is growing, and particularly with we see the visibility of adaptive in the CrossFit games now, um, there's just a greater need and more coaches looking to understand how to work with adaptive athletes and so i would kind of been in touch with them like what can i do to bring a little bit of neuro know-how and um just kind of grew over the last few months yeah and when did you get into the whole like neuro space and like yeah when did that start like were you passionate you want about my that? yeah you want yeah. My, my whole crossfit my whole story my whole whole neuro sure, story let's do it all right all right it, t- it helps to have the context yeah, so great. um 
I'm a speech and language pathologist and a certified brain injury specialist by trade. Um, and I've been working in uh, acute rehabilitation and acute medical with adults with stroke and brain injury and other associated conditions for 13 years now. Um, and I started doing CrossFit in 2015 and pretty quickly was like, I also, I want to coach um, because I, there's a lot of overlap in kind of the learning elements. You know, if we think about speech therapists, we do a lot of communication and cognitive rehab, right? And in order to help people who say can't remember well or don't communicate well, you got to take those really complicated skills and break them down into their components and then build them back up again in order to help people gain independence. So when I started doing CrossFit, I was like, this is very similar in terms of, you know, it's not, it's not about the pull-up, it's about the steps to get there um, and the ways you need to train your body to move. And so, you know, because how many athletes come in, they're like, I can't do this. And you're like, well, let me, let's break it on down yeah, so we yeah. can build it on back up again. Um, so there was just a lot of overlap. Um, and at the time I'd always been working with, you know, I see individuals after folks leave rehab, um, either insurance runs out or they kind of graduate from their uh, insurance-based therapies. And I had a lot of private speech clients who were looking for more um, and weren't getting it. And as I was working with people on their like improvement in their functional language, I was like, you know, the gym would be a really great place for survivors of stroke and brain injury to get a little bit more um, better movement back, communication, language, all those things. So I just started bringing clients into the gym and I've been doing that since 2019. Gotcha. So even going further back, where did like yeah. the passion or the, or the curiosity, I guess, for like just brain injuries and like treating people like that in general come from? I, you know, it's a good question. I, it's, an, uh, cause it's not, a, not a very like, I don't want to say normal, but it's not a normal thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, as a, a speech therapist, sort of what drew me into the field, I actually was um, an assistant teacher and worked with a lot of um, kids on the autism spectrum prior before getting my degree in speech. And through that, I encountered a speech therapist in a school setting and her role was she came into a classroom and it was all kids on the autism spectrum. And she taught like a fake, she set up like a fake ice cream shop. And the kids had to learn the social skills and communication skills to come in and be polite and order ice cream and get the things that they wanted. And I was like, that's really interesting. That's what I want to do. I was like, this is great. The social skills, huh. the communication, the behavior. Yeah. So I looked and applied to grad school with that intention in mind. And as speech therapists, you're trained to work with kids and adults, medical school, you kind of have to do it all when you're in school. And I was like, well, I don't really want to work in a hospital, but if I have to give me something hard. And they were mm -hmm. like, great, we'll put you on the brain injury unit at Spalding Rehab. Yeah. And honestly, I never looked back. Yeah. I was like, this is the population I want to work with. Because the thing with brain injury is anything goes, right? Like you can have individuals with one core problem or they might have problems in attention and memory and problem solving and language and swallowing all of the things that speech therapists do. So I liked the diversity there. And when it comes to being a speech therapist, there's working with kids and there's working with adults. Um, and the cool thing that I found about, you know, when you're working with kids, you're holding them to essentially to establish norms and standards, right? Like every kid should be at reading at this level at this age, performing this way at this age, and you have to meet that mark. But when it comes to working with adults in a rehab setting, the goal is really you to you, right? So if you had a brain injury, what are your goals now? You wanna get back to doing all the things you could do before. And so I, I prefer that yardstick, right? Like I wanna help you be you again. Yeah, that's really cool. It's funny though, like you bring up the whole like kids and adults thing and it's just like, this is kind of off topic, but like you're like talking about like 
teaching kids and teaching kids. And it's just funny how when like we grow up, a lot of people are just kind of like, that's it. You just like stop learning or you just, stop, yep. like, you know, that's like it. And it's just like, yeah. you know, it's just funny to me because yeah. we're all yeah, just no, kind of like kids. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. It's just a funny concept to me. It's like once yeah, you're done yeah. with college or high school, whatever you do, it's like, oh, that's it. Now you just go. Yep, go. That's it. Go exist now yeah. in the uh, world. Yeah. Good luck. But that's cool. And it's, it's like a cool field because it's like there's still so much stuff we don't know, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And, you know, in all the years that I've worked um, in brain injury, you know, there's a physician that I worked with for many, many years who used to say that the brain is the final frontier of medicine. Hmm. And I think that's one of the things that's so cool about it. Like, we're always learning more, but there's still a lot that we don't know. And it's an amazing thing. And I think and that's what got me into this space, bringing individuals into the gym, because we see the power of fitness, right, and how much that does for people. And what research is is showing more and more of now is that fitness actually has effects in changing the brain Mm -hmm. and healing the brain and helping with new growth and neuroplasticity. And I'm like, this is the perfect, perfect place to spark that growth and new learning and help people get better in ways that standard medical care tells them they otherwise would not. Yeah, and it's just so interesting because, like, you, how you can, like, alter the state of your brain, too. Like, through exercise, like, drugs, like, things that can just, like, unlock parts of your brain that you don't normally use. It's so crazy. Right. It's so weird. Right, right. Like, there are actually studies that show that with um, an increase in fitness, the brain is actually, there's growth in this particular protein. It's it's called, a protein, it's called BDNF, and it, there's, an increase in this particular protein growth in an area of the brain called the hippocampus, which is responsible for new learning just by exercising. So in theory, by through fitness, we're priming the brain to learn new things, which is crazy. That is crazy. Hippocampus. Yeah. That's like the one the hip, part the I remember from school because it had like the best name. It <laughs> does have a really good name. Hippocampus. Yeah, um, so you said, when did you get into CrossFit then? So my, I, myself, I started in 2015. I started coaching a year or two after that. Nice. In, uh, in Boston. Yeah. Nice. And you're in that, you're still at Invictus? Yeah. At Invictus Boston. And how'd yeah. you like, just take even further back. How'd you get into CrossFit? What'd you do before that? Uh, so I was like a multi-sport athlete growing up and I played soccer soccer, basketball, and softball. I played basketball and softball in college. And then after college, I played a lot of rec league sports and they just weren't the same. And there was always sort of something was missing. It was just never had that same kind of feeling. Um, and I was kind of someone who bounced around from different types of fitness and different types of gym being like, oh, what I really needed was a basketball coach telling me to run sprints, right? Like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it kind of thing. Um, and I, you know, the rec league just didn't have the same group feel, competitive feel, and somebody, you know, suggested CrossFit and there's one near our house and we tried it. And I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. Um, it didn't take long. Yeah. <laughs> Hook, line and sinker, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And then he said he got into coaching pretty fast. What was yeah. just, you just like to coach or what was the, what was the yeah, feel there? I mean, like I was saying that the sort of overlap in skill development that I was seeing in rehab setting, it was kind of like, wow, there's this whole group of people that, cause I like to teach as part of being a speech therapist. And there's this whole group of people where I could teach them to break skills down and build it back up again. But the people who are here in this gym want to be here, um, which isn't always the case when you're in a hospital, right? Cause if you're in a hospital and you didn't choose to be there and some speech therapist comes into your room and is like, we're going to do these memory exercises. You don't always get, 
you know, a uh, individual who is raring to go. And so there was sort of this crossover of my passions where I was like, wow, I can also do this in a different kind of way. Mm. Um, and I, I'm just the kind of person that as an athlete, I like devoured the skills, you know, I was like, I want to know everything I need to know in order to ever do a bar muscle up. And I enjoyed that picking it apart and then realizing that there's, you know, there are a lot of good coaches out there, but there, I think, you know, coaches in general who are really good at the skills and never had to struggle to learn the skills don't always teach them as well. And as someone who struggled to learn them, I was like, I want to help these people who are struggling learn these things in the best ways that they know how. Mm. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's a cool, yeah, yeah that's a really cool reason to get into it. So yeah. then when did you connect the dots kind of between your, like what you do, like with the being like a speech language yeah. uh, pathologist and then like CrossFit, when did that kind of get connected? You know, it, it started sort of one one private client at a time. I had um, two different individuals I was working with on private speech that were both looking to get back to work and get back to better function. And I just kind of thought this would be a really good place for them. Um, brought one into the gym with the help of some of the coaches where I was um, previously. Very informally, nothing real adaptive training about it. Just kind of, hey, let's see how you do here. And this young well I guess at the time he was like 38 or 39 um you know he was a guy who's a stroke survivor who walked as if he didn't have um full function on one side of his body um because the signals to the brain were like no you don't have full movement there but you got we got him into the gym and he could squat to depth and he could deadlift and he could lunge and jump and run and all these things that he didn't think he could do um you know and fast forward a few months after that I actually had a chance encounter with Spencer Hendel um, and I reached out to him and said, Hey, I have this idea. Um, love to come chat with you about it. And he was like, great, let's do it. And it turned from this conversation into why this would have benefit into, we will make this happen together. And so we sort of started this together pre COVID. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. So that's where yeah. it came from. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. so like, yeah. how does it work then? Like, cause everyone's different, right? So everyone's, it's like just a totally different thing for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, for every athlete that comes to the doors, I treat any session like it's a free trial at a, at a gym, like a private free trial. And kind of, I take a, I put a pretty heavy emphasis for my athletes on functional movement, right? I teach them like, what is a burpee? It's getting up off the ground. Right. And a lot of survivors, stroke survivors, brain injury survivors, they don't ever get to the floor. Um, you know, they're not, they're taught to be safe. Like you've had this injury before. We want to keep you safe and keep you from falling, but no one ever really says, okay, but what if you did fall? How would you get up? Um, so I start with really functional, how, show me how you squat, how, show me how you get on and off the couch, have them squat to box different heights, deadlift, yeah. burpee, those kind of things. And I put them through like a mini, am, you know, a little AMRAP of those movements to their ability. And as far as the language and cognition, you know, it very much depends because the type of stroke or brain injury you have can affect your, what kind of needs you have as well. So that first session is always like, oh, what are your goals? You know, I have some folks who are working on naming objects, some who are trying to work on strategies to remember better, some who are practicing conversational skills to improve their language. And we built, we embed that into the fitness. Gotcha. So people are, when that happens, it's more, you're taught to be safe, taught to avoid things that might be dangerous, but you also might run into at some point. It's sort of, I always think of it like in rehab, you know, you've had a stroke and you go through your inpatient rehab stay and you have OT and PT and speech. 
Um, and the goal of rehab is always to get you home, right? Mm. Like we want to get you steady enough on your feet, safe enough on your feet, able to care for yourself, like getting, you know, getting dressed and all of those things safely. And so we, I always liken it to, it's sort of like we like wrap you up in bubble, bubble wrap and teach you all the things you need to do to stay as safe as possible. And then insurance around that time is like, oh, you don't need to be in rehab anymore. And they send, we send you home. And there's a heavy emphasis on how do you stay safe after you've had some sort of a brain injury, right? Mm. Because we don't want you to injure your brain yeah. again. Um, but there's a little bit of a gap in how we train people to then get better, right? And yeah. potentially get out of an unsafe situation. Yes. So, you know, I think when a lot of these folks come to me, they haven't been pushed in that way. Um, they haven't been challenged. Like when I say, I look at them like, how do you get down to the floor? They look at me like I'm crazy. And, mm. but the inevitability, right. Is that they will fall. Mm. We all fall sometimes. Yeah. Um, and there's, it's a pretty eye opening for folks to be like, wow, yeah, you're right. I don't know how to get out of this situation. And it seems really silly, but like squatting to a low target, a lot of survivors, you know, they practice getting on and off a couch in a chair, but sometimes they go out in the world and they encounter, for example, a very low toilet. Mm. And they can't yeah. get get down and up safely. And so it's just a little bit of like, how do we push you to find better functional movement and better safety out there in the world? And I think we don't rehab standard medical care and rehab. We don't do a good job of pushing. We just kind of say, oh, good, good job, good job. But we don't ever kind of push that comfort um, and help people find the independence they need. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of sounds like how just like medicine and stuff works today. It's more just to like, you know, just cover up the whatever's happening, which is like in CrossFit, <laughs> I think we do a good job of, you know, like building people back up and, you know, building them like, how okay, yeah. you're in the situation. How do you not get here again? Yeah. You know, which yeah. is just like, as a society, we're just so like, what's the quick fix? What's the quick fix? Right. You know, like just, right. it's going to keep me feeling normal, not great, you know, or what's going right. to get me out of the situation. <laughs> you right. Know? Right. And, you know, there are a lot of really wonderful, like adaptive sport programs where mm. folks, you know, after their rehab stay, it's like, well, you can come do adaptive bicycling or canoeing or whatever. And a lot of those sport programs are set up with a ton of assistance, right? Where it's like, there'll be several OTs and PTs who might help transfer you into the kayak and then row with you, yeah. like paddle with you, which is great. But what's missing between recovery and adaptive sport is fitness. Like it's cool if three people can help you kayak, but what if we actually gave you the strength and endurance and coordination and balance to get in the kayak yourself and actually paddle. Right. And like, so there's this gap in kind of how, cause we now people don't think of fitness. Yeah. I mean, those of us in process, we think of fitness as medicine, but everyone from outside really doesn't. Yeah. And it's even like just a confidence thing, right? Like knowing you can yeah. get into that kayak or get off 100%. that couch or whatever. Like that's just good to know. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think being in the gym, I think most CrossFit athletes would would speak to this that like the ways that we learn to move in the gym give us confidence in real life, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like you move better, you're confident in how your what your body's capable of and all of that. So if you take that to scale for an individual who maybe half of their body is not as strong as it used to be, or they can't feel it, or they don't have full function, and nobody's ever really empowered them to say, well, just because it doesn't move like it once did doesn't mean that it's not capable of a lot. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of it is just getting people to recognize what their bodies can do. Yeah. Yeah, it's like little things in the gym, like catching a squat snatch in a squat and not power snatching it and squatting, you know, just getting people to realize that they can do that or like, Hey, like push these pull-ups a little bit harder. Maybe don't use bands and 
might be a little bit slower, but then you're going to have the confidence. You're going to build up to know that you can do it better next time. You know, that is so annoying. I'm so sorry. No, no. I don't know if that was you or me. I don't know. You were talking about catching a squat snatch and then you just froze. And I oh, was yeah. Like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Just talking about like building confidence and kind of just how like yeah. struggling through things that are hard, you know, just can go a long way and help you, you know, because yeah. yeah. get in the situations and you're like, well, I've done this or like I, yeah. you know, push through this. And yeah. It, so I can do this. Yeah. You know, why can't I do I this? Say, I say it. I say that a lot to my athletes and about my athletes that being in the gym teaches you that you can do hard things. Yeah, for sure plain and simple right like yeah. and I feel like that is true for so many crossfitters and then what I often instill in stroke survivors and brain injury survivors is like you have survived this and are coming through the other side and that is a super hard thing and every day for sometimes for individuals who are in recovery of things like that everything is hard right every single thing they do is difficult it's not doesn't come with ease in the way that it used to but I'm like you put them in the gym and you give them a challenge and they go full send you know they do the thing and you're like, wow, look at these hard things you can do. And, and it brings a sense of pride that people don't, nobody, nobody's really giving them that. Otherwise people are like, wow, wow, you're doing so well. <laughs> as opposed to like, hey, you're an athlete. Like yeah. you just crush that. Like they mm -hmm. don't get the opportunity to hear that as much as they should. Yeah. And it's like all levels of athletes, right? Like you could be trying yeah. to go for a time and you don't like, maybe you don't hit it and you're like, okay, well, like at least I went for it. Yeah, I'll get it next exactly. time or it's like could be squatting to a lower target and you know maybe we can't do it right now but I'm gonna come back and try again right. and you know we're gonna get there yeah. but for sure for yeah sure. there's so many ways to build confidence in the gym specifically with yeah. CrossFit yeah and I think that's one of the best things about it right yeah. it's like it just it just happens you know yeah. you come in do a little more every time and I for a lot of my my athletes you know they don't come in with an understanding of CrossFit, like your newest CrossFit member where you don't yeah. really know about, mm -hmm. you know, time and task priority and why we measure stuff. And usually I put them through a 10 minute AMRAP. That's some sort of version of kind of like a half Cindy, but to their abilities. Yeah. And I always retest them somewhere around their 20th session. And they're always like, yeah. they're just brain. They have no, they had no idea that they could improve that much because I think when you're in recovery and you're still not a hundred percent back to how you were pre-stroke, it's really hard to appreciate improvements. And mm -hmm. so that measurement of fitness that CrossFit gives everyone is really, is also really empowering. Yeah. You know, it's just cool. Cause we all think we're showing up for a workout and for like a lot of people, that's all it is, but there's so much happening that you maybe don't even think about, you know, yeah, just the sure. confidence and just building community and making friends yeah. and just, this, yeah. the, I think confidence is one of the bigger ones. You know? Yeah, I think so. I agree with you for sure. And you might not even notice it, you know, but it's yeah. just like you're <laughs> yeah. just getting like, I don't know, the more skills you can do, the more like weight you can do. It's just a confidence boost every day, you know? Yeah. You just kind of yeah, continuously surprise yourself. Yeah. So fit to function. Is it a, yep. is it a class? Like are there multiple people or is it all individual? So the, it's, Right now, it is primarily one-on-one -on -one sessions. The goal is for individuals to uh, integrate into the gym setting. That said, I've only had two individuals over the course of, say, this. let's say, let's call it a year and a half since, like, post-COVID has really allowed us to be open again in full. Mm -hmm. um, I've only had two folks in the gym, and, and not because of ability, just 
because they're happy with their one-on-one sessions. That being said, I run a once monthly free adaptive class for all of my athletes and a friend and family member and adaptive athletes in the, in community, in the greater Boston community um, so that they do get that class feeling. And is that hard to run a class? Like, cause aren't like kind of all people just kind of different, different issues and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not without its challenges, but if you really step back, it's, it's not unlike a regular CrossFit. I was just going to say, I guess different it's, not, yeah, it's not, yeah, any different yeah. that. Yeah. And, and you know, the, some of the challenges, a lot of it comes with anticipating, right? Like what do I think will be a, a, a challenge here? And I would say the biggest things there are when you have seated athletes, if you're in a, a group and you're like, okay, we're going to squat is having a plan for what do our seated athletes do? And, you know, just like anything else with coaching, I try to really empower the athlete to be able to, to fend for themselves. Right. Cause that's the goal. Like if, if the coach is off doing something else, we want you to know what comes next. So I always teach, you know, like my seated athletes, I try to teach individuals the function of the movement. Right. So for able-bodied athletes, a squat is lowering, right. Lowering ourselves and raising ourselves off mm. up off of something. Seated athletes do that same function by dipping, right. They yeah. get in and out of their chairs with an arm dip. So I always say, Hey, if the coach is over there and telling everybody to work on their legs and no one's giving you the attention you need, you should be stretching your arms. Right. And it's a, it's very simple. It's not the most one-on-one direct, but at least empowers them to be like, Oh, I know how to take care of my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. so you're talking earlier a little bit like about traditional rehab and kind of its limitations. What is that yeah. like? And then kind of like where you come in and kind of push them further one, like what, what is traditional rehab in this sense? And then also like how, what are the ways you kind of like use CrossFit to push people further than that? Yeah. Yeah. So traditional rehab, right? After you've had a more severe injury, you might end up staying in a rehabilitation hospital where you have three to five. You're still under the care of a physician, right? You still need medical care, but not like 24-7 monitoring in the same way as if you were in a regular hospital. Like this is kind of a step down from from Mm -hmm. when you're the most sick. Um, and in rehab, folks have like three to five hours of therapy a day. So they might have your one hour of speech, one hour of OT, one hour of PT um, and some group classes. And a lot of like I was saying before, the goal there is to get you moving in a way that you can get back home. Um, so can you transfer, you know, from a couch to a chair? you know, couch to standing? Can you get in and out of bathtub? Do you know how to dress yourself? So there's this kind of emphasis on the functional skills you need to go home and take care of yourself either alone or with assistance and that's kind of the goal in that hospital setting and then we send you home depending on your insurance and your level of severity folks will then maybe transition to outpatient where they go to a clinic and they get pt just like any injury gets pt and that may come down come down to like once or twice a week if that um and so then at that point it's working on you know walking better or navigating busy environments or things like that. And so it's kind of your, let's call it your basic functional skills. I always say that rehab gets you to a place where you're good enough because they're like, oh, you can walk. That's good. Good enough. And that what my ideal is in my practice for individuals in the gym is to get them to a place that they deserve a recovery that's better than good enough, right? Because if you, for example, something happened to you, touch wood, you, and you couldn't do fitness anymore. And in rehab, they're like, well, but look at you now, you're walking. Cool that's good. You'd be like, that is not enough. That yeah. is not enough for me. Right. And so I, the, what I do in the gym that differs is helps people push beyond what that mm. standard kind of good enough movement mentality is. Yeah. 
And what about CrossFit specifically is so effective? Everything. Everything. Um, everything. Um, you know, I think that the focus on functional movements is really, really effective for survivors, right? Because at their base, what do you need from fitness? You need to be able to do the things that are naturally occurring in your everyday life. Like I mentioned, getting on and off a short seat or short toilet or, you know, picking up your groceries or your grandkids or, you know, getting, you know, being able to get down to the ground and up again if you've fallen. Um, and I, so I think at, at its base, at its core, just going off that, that that's what we focus on matters. I think the variability is important. Um, I think, you know, there's something about the internal motivation and the competitive nature of when it's three, two, one, go. That's yeah. true for everyone, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I think there is a community feel that's really important. You know, survivors of brain injury and stroke are very isolated um, because if you imagine you can't work anymore and you can't maybe socialize the same way and maybe you can't go to your old gym anymore, you people tend to lose that social connection. And, you know, I think in the gym, even my athletes who, even if they're not there together, they have that shared community of like, oh, what was this work that you did? Oh, I did this thing. Oh, you know, and they talk about it. And so I think there's the community element too, which we know is core to CrossFit. So all of those things and then some. Yeah. And have there been anybody else who's kind of followed suit with what you're doing? Like around the country, world, like yeah. are there other people doing this? I think so. You know, I think there are adaptive programs in a lot of different places. Um, you know, I, to date, I don't know of anyone who is specifically mixing the language and the cognitive pieces into mm -hmm. the gym like I am. So that's just being a speech therapist. That's my specialty area. But I think we're seeing the growth of adaptive programs and adaptive classes and individuals getting into into gyms. So I think I think it's on the rise. I wouldn't mm. and I'm not I know I'm not the only person doing it, but I think we could use more. You know, yeah. we could use more Always. adaptive fitness programs. Always. Yeah. 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 And how does like the <laughs> how does the speech part come into the CrossFit gym? So if you think about, you know, I say to folks, all right, so imagine that you just want to communicate something. Right. In order to do that, you have to pay attention to your own ideas while you're generating the message that Wait, you want to communicate. In order to do what? Just communicate. <laughs> Listen. Right. Just, just yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, just say yeah, we yeah. want to have we want to have a conversation, Connor. Yes. Yeah. First, you have to pay attention to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. You have to you have to filter out the competing background noise. You have to think about what you want to say while listening to what the other person is saying while potentially reasoning through a problem because maybe you're engaging in some sort of complex conversation. And you got to hold all of that in your working memory while you try to generate a response. And then you have to communicate that to your communication partner while you're doing all those same things, filtering out that competing background noise, paying attention to what you're trying to say, and remembering all the things you want to say, right? Mm, yeah. You with me so far? I'm with you so far. <laughs> so if you think about how complicated communication is um, and it's something that we take for granted and then you think about what happens in the gym there is so much cognitive cognition and communication right so you have to pay attention to all of the stimuli you got the music you got the coach you got people talking you got barbells dropping mm -hmm. right while you're paying attention to what you're doing while you're remembering what the workout is and what comes next while you're also counting and tracking your rounds and making a strategy like oh i gotta take a break here right so there's all these opportunities there um to work on some of those cognitive skills mm. um to work on those language skills there's so many new words in the gym right like when you are a new crossfitter you're like i don't know what that is what is that word yeah. what is a kettle
about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's opportunity to practice new words. There's opportunity to practice understanding. There's opportunity to work on remembering better and strategies around navigating a busy room. So it's just, it's the kind of place where the opportunity is everywhere. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's fun. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like you go into a speech therapist office and I'm like, here's a worksheet on how mm. to help you remember better. It's like, hey, we're going to do this really cool workout. And in it, I'm going to make sure that you're remembering what comes next and help you strategize around how to do that better. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. It seems like <laughs> the perfect place for like exactly what you're describing, like dealing with all the different stuff that's going on. Right. And, you know, our as adaptive trainers our role is to provide access to fitness, hmm. right? Yeah. So a disability causes a limitation and that limitation can get in the way of your ability to access a certain movement or equipment or stimulus. And so my job as a trainer is to minimize anything that gets in the way of your access to fitness. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when it, when it comes to the language and cognition piece, if you have a hard time remembering, for example, my job as a trainer is to help you remember better in the context of the workout so you can be successful. Mm-hmm. So your inability to remember shouldn't keep you from the gym. I'm going to help you access fitness by giving you the tools you need to remember what you what you need to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's a really cool, like what you just said is a really cool um, like perspective and idea. <laughs> okay, so can you just kind of recap what you just said? <laughs> We were talking about like the environment and how it's good. I think um, we were, and we were talking a little bit about access, right? Yeah, it's just access. like, you know, so when I think about cognition and communication, you know, there are a lot of folks who suffer from stroke, for example, who can't communicate. Yeah, they can't. They don't speak anymore, um, and they may have other means of communication, but speaking out loud is not one of them. And that shouldn't mean that they can't come to a gym, right? So it's my job to make the communication and the fitness accessible so that they can be in that space. Um, Someone who can't remember, for example, um, what the workout is, like they're gonna get a personalized whiteboard and they're gonna get some cueing to help them stay on track. Sometimes I'll even label, like I'll put a whiteboard right next to the kettlebell that says kettlebell. So they know what it is. Cause Mm. if they can't remember, and even if they have it written down, but they're like, I don't remember what kettlebell swings are, you know? So again, by labeling things or giving them more direction, I'm just giving them access to do the workout. Um, and that's how I'm minimizing that limitation for them so that they can still, still achieve fitness. Yeah. That's almost an everybody thing <laughs> every day. Yeah. 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 For some more than others. It's like, uh, we're not doing that today. We're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But, right. Yeah. So we've, we talked about it a little bit and just kind of talked about like the importance of just building not only physical health, but also like mental and emotional health, mm-hmm. um, through CrossFit just kind of for all people in general, like, I don't know, we kind of touched on earlier, just kind of like the things you don't see every day. Yeah. You think you're showing up for a workout and it's so much more than that. Like, I don't know. What do you think about that? Like CrossFit using like in that way? Yeah. I mean, I think like we've talked about the confidence building and I think that whole, like it teaches you to do hard things. I think that is really important for mental health, particularly for folks who are, you know, have some stuff on the everyday um, and having a space where they can go and kind of conquer something, I think, uh, makes it's it's a big deal. And in that community aspect, we know is good for mental health in general. Um, so I think there's the element there of, you know, advocacy, confidence building and finding a, a shared community and, and just that there are other people, you know, I think 
it's the kind of thing where it's like when it's three, two, one, go, like all any limitation kind of like melts away. Yeah. Um, people who walk in the door and they feel really self-conscious, which is the same as our brand new athletes, right? The same is true for individuals who are in a stroke survivor, for example, like maybe their body doesn't move the way they're, it used to and they're uncomfortable about that. But when the clock winds down, three, two, one, go, and everybody's just working hard, that kind of just goes out the window. And yeah. it also allows people to, to forget mm. um, and to just work hard. And that's uh, we know that's good for your mental health. Yeah. Yeah, and just like it's a it's a good point. Like relatively speaking, like life can be pretty easy now, just with yeah. everything that's available to us and how we can yeah. live and get in your car, sure. get in your heated car, go to your heated like job. You don't you have to go out in the cold ever if you don't want to. The rain, <laughs> whatever. But you know, just yeah. good good rule of thumb: like conquer one thing every day. And for some yeah. people, that is going to class, and like that looks different for everyone, like you and me, and just mm-hmm. people with different you know limitations and abilities, but. Just a good rule of yeah. thumb. Just like go out and sure. do one hard thing every day, whatever that looks yeah. like for you. Could be yeah. getting out of bed. Yeah. I don't know. It's very true. Very true. <laughs> but yeah, CrossFit's just so, so good for that. Everything we just talked about. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. But, I think, and I, you know, I think those of us on the inside know that, right? We know like that CrossFit is good for so many things for so many people. I think yeah. the challenge is still the outsiders looking in and how do we, how do we make it accessible? How do we make people know that this is for everyone? You know, I say that CrossFit is for everybody and everybody. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I use my Instagram to try to really demonstrate the range of athletes that are in the gym, because I think the most important thing is that people can see themselves there. Yeah. Um, and there's just not enough of that, right? We have so many people. You, I mean, we all still meet that brand new athlete who's like, I'm not fit enough. I don't belong here. And it's like, mm. come to the dark side. You will belong here, <laughs> yeah. but it's hard for, it's hard for people to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. I don't know what it is, but it is hard to get people on the outside, yeah. on the inside. Yeah. Just, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's yeah. hard to, it's just hard to explain how impactful it can be. Yeah. Just by using words without experiencing yeah. it or being in it yeah, for years, yeah. it just, it's, it's not easy. You know, because it's, it's hard because there's like, it's, it is more expensive, so people will push back and be like, well, it's expensive, and just, yeah, there's it a lot is. of things. But you just got to see it to believe it. Got to do it. Exactly. It's true. So, um, yeah. So in terms of what you do, like how do people get involved and like help? Do you have like other people who coach with you? Like how do people get a hold of you if they want to work with you? Stuff like that. Um, most people find me on Instagram and reach out that way. And then I, which my Instagram is fit to function recovery. Like Um, clients or people like yeah, wanting to learn more coach kind of stuff yeah like that. All, well all of the above sweet <laughs> um yeah, all of the above everyone finds Great. me on instagram and then i try to direct them to my email which is fits of function recovery at gmail.com um <coughs> yeah and i'm i'm sort of you know as far as the clients the athletes i like my first session is always free so um i you know to anyone who's a sort of non-believer i say just come give it a try and then let yep. me know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty proud to say that to date, not a single person who's come through for a free trial has not come back. So they all return. Nice. So we just got to get, you know, it's like, we just got to get you through the door. Yeah. Um, which I think we know is true in, in your typical gym as well. Um, but yeah, people can get me on Instagram. They can email me. I'm, you know, I'm always happy to consult with other folks and help, you know, a lot of coaches reach out and say, Oh, I have this adaptive athlete. I have questions about this, that, and the other. Um, I'm always happy to help 
with that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I also often like direct people to the, our adaptive training Academy because the, the course is really great. There's a seminar, there's an online seminar and there's a self-paced course. So there's no reason not to do it. Yeah. And do you work with clients remotely ever? I do. Yeah. yeah. I have a handful. I have right now I have six remote clients. Nice. Um, as far away. And, you know, I have an athlete in the UK. Um, I have had an athlete in Germany um, and I have some in States nearby. Um, but yeah, cause there, I think there are people looking for that neurotype focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm available for that as well. Yeah. No, that's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Yeah. And then what else, what do you got planned for the future? Like where does this go? Where do you see this going from here and other stuff you're doing? Where's it going? A great question. Um, you know, it, it sounds cheesy, but my goal is to help as many people as possible. Hmm. Um, and just empower more and more athletes to, to come into the gym. I get so many messages on Instagram that are like, Oh my God, this motivated me and I'm going to try a place or do you know a gym near me? And I think if, if we can continue to share that message, the fitness really is for everybody and everybody. Um, you know, that's the mission is accomplished, but you know, in the meantime, bringing in as many athletes as I can, training as many trainers as I can through ATA, um, you know, and, and hopefully continuing to improve on the adaptive um, divisions at the games. Um, yeah. That's something I've been mm-hmm. involved with helping out because I think we need more visibility. Yeah. Um, and so helping to grow that is part of the vision as well. Yeah. Social media, you can either, either use it for good or bad. It's, it's very true. It's for very good, true. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. But it's been good. You know, it's been super, it's been really powerful. I love the messages that I get from athletes all over that are like, this is so great. Or I need to try this, or I'm going to try this with my daughter or my husband or whomever. And I think just getting people to, to see that it's a place for them too is, is the goal. Yeah. That's cool. When you have people who just kind of reach out for you, just kind of doing your thing yeah. and you're like, Oh, yeah. I do this every day. Yeah but that's cool. Yeah. That you think that's cool. And you want to try yeah. this or do that. Yeah. But it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's cool. And it, it, yeah. And it's cool. You know, in like uh, just over a year, like I've grown to, I have 10,000, like 600 something followers. Mm-hmm. And there, there are some followers who like, I don't know who they are in person, but they'll, comment on you know they're following the athletes journeys right like they'll be like wow this is so great this is so much better than last time like people yeah. will comment and 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 cheer the, and support those people and that's mm-hmm. the community that it has built and people yeah. will comment they'll message me like oh i love seeing their progress i love seeing how she's doing and i think that's pretty cool yeah, too because it sure. gives them an outside audience you know yeah <laughs> so. it's cool it's like you don't have to change the world to change the world like you, it doesn't always have to be like this big life-changing yeah. thing you can just you know just do what you do and do it well yeah. and you know people are gonna latch onto that and think that's cool yeah yeah we yeah. used to say and re- when i worked at spalding making the world a better place one brain injury at a time you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right jenna well thanks a lot for making the time today it was of fun of course it was awesome yeah thanks for having yeah. thanks for having me i hope you hope you learned a lot <laughs> yeah I, I i'll have to re- go back and listen but yeah <laughs> 